Hello and welcome to the Two Kinky Women podcast, where we dish about everything kink. I want to thank all of our loyal listeners and supporters. The outpouring of support has been absolutely amazing. And we like just want to make sure that you guys know that we really appreciate it. We're having an awesome time doing it. I am your co-host, Midnight Lady, and my partner in crime is Mistress Gabrielle. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Two Kinky Women. You can find us at our homepage, twokinkywomenpodcast.com. You can read our diary. Guess what? Mistress is doing a diary now, too. Ooh, exciting. And we have a free infographic, which is available every month having to do with our topic. And uh, we're doing all this because we're two kinky women and we want you to be kinky too. What is our topic for today? Ah, this is part two of a very important um, podcast subject, and that is anatomy of a scene, part two. Now, last month, what we did was we went over all of the prep, all of the um, issues that can arise in a scene, okay, and how to structure it, what to do from uh, approachment, negotiation, right up to uh, cleanliness and uh, what's a DM and all those kinds of wonderful things that you've got to know when you do a scene today. What we're going to do is talk about the actual internal, shall we say, characteristics of what makes a scene. And we're going to talk about... uh, Um, the feelings, um, when play goes wrong, when it goes right, um, all the different kinds of play there is, all of the different types of um, uh, specialty items, shall we say. For example, medical play, edge play, rigging, humiliation, etc. And we're also going to talk about what it's like to co-top. And, of course, right after that, we'll talk about um, a very sensitive subject, which is... What happens if you have a bad scene? Then we'll talk about pickup play, aftercare, and consent violations. So we're going to cover a lot today. Are we ready? Yes, Let's absolutely. Go. I feel like that that we're straight shooters here in the podcast. And it's great to talk about all the good stuff and the hearts and rainbows and flowers. But we're also people, women, who want to talk about the things that aren't mentioned what do you do when all of it goes just horribly wrong? How do you get out of a scene as a top? How do you get out of a scene as a bottom? So let's talk for a few moments about a couple of scenarios where you you did a place part uh, at a party and you did a scene and it was just wrong. It was awful. It it was just wrong and awful and just terrible. What what sorts of things contributed to not having a good scene with someone? Well, right off the bat, poor communication. Yeah. Now, one thing we emphasized in last month's uh, podcast, and we're going to be talking about it again today, is communication. Okay? Doing something because the other person wants it and you don't is poor communication. Okay? Some people call that negotiation. It's the same thing. You've got to communicate what's okay and what's not okay. That's the biggest reason. That is the most common reason why play goes wrong. It's poor communication. 
There's no question about it. If you agree to do something and then realizing it's not for you, Mm. you need to stop the scene, okay? Or at least slow it down. Now, guess what? You do that as a top or as a bottom. Some people think, again, oh, safe words only for a bottom to use. Well, top doesn't actually have to come out and use a safe word, but a top can certainly stop a scene or slow down a scene very easily. One of the best way probably to do something along those lines is to get a breather. How do you get a breather if you're a top and you want to stop it because it's not where you needs to be for your head and you're not quite sure what's going on with the bottom either? Mm. What you, do you do? You can um, come, go wherever you're, you know, to your submissive space, your bottom space. Like if they're bending over a bench, kind of say, hey... Um, I need to check in with you for a second. Or you can uh, come to them and say, use your safe word. At the top, you get a safe word too. And you can say, um, something doesn't feel right to me right now. Um, can we, how is it going for you? How are you, are you liking this Checking scene? in. You know, or but it's it's not the sexy check-in that we love. It's more of a something is not right. You know, like that funky smell in the refrigerator you can't quite pin down. Some, you know, something is not right. Um, and the only way you're going to figure out what that funky smell is in the fridge is to break it down um, and say to that person, mm, "Can you sit up for a moment?" And let them sit up and then have a conversation like two people and not a, a power exchange dynamic. Um, and if it's and if the top you are so bothered by the scene, maybe there's some aspect of it that really just upsets you. You can be honest. But when I say be honest, be kind. Don't say, oh, my God, dude, you reek and you're making me nauseous. That that's not kind. You can say, "I'm really not feeling well right now. Um, this this is turning out to be more challenging than I had anticipated." Um, just be kind. Be kind in your answer. Um, you can say things with sensitivity. Yes. Yeah. And you can be when I say be honest, like don't be mean, but you can say. I'm not feeling well right now, or um, it's not working for me. It's this isn't working for me. I'm not sure why. Um, so maybe we can revisit this later. Or I mean, really, it could be you have a headache. I, I I'm really sorry. I have a screaming headache. Let's finish. Let's you know finish this now. And and maybe we'll revisit it later. Or don't even put that. Maybe we will. Don't even you know, if you if you really like them, but you're really having some sort of medical, like you have a headache or stomach or whatever. Um, so you have to be kind as the top. I think that's the number one rule: is just to be kind. You can be honest. Be nice. And in, in, in right. how you deal with other people. And you can determine what your own approach is, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can whisper in somebody's ear that, uh, 
you're not feeling um, as well as you wanted to feel while you were doing this. Um, you know, you need a you need a break, uh, or you need a little reno- renegotiation, whatever the case may be. And you can uh, ask the uh, bottom to sit with you. Um, you can um, uh, sit behind uh, the bottom and put your arms around the bottom or not. You figure out your own style, mm-hmm. but don't do something you don't want to do. Right. As a top, never do something you don't want to do. And as a bottom, do not be so shy to speak up and not use your safe word. If you're nervous, say it. Stop it. Don't do it. And here's another thing. One of the ways to avoid bad scenes, I'll tell you right off the bat, don't play high. Uh, Intoxicated or drunk high. Right. Dangerous in so many ways. Okay. Most of the time, in most, oh, I would say private dungeons. uh, In other words, uh, somebody's home. Uh, And, of course, uh, uh, at other places as well, the use of alcohol is definitely... Prohibited. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in other places, it may be frowned on. Now, at this particular point in time which is uh, the year 2022, we find that there is some overlap, as it were, in terms of the kink world and the swing world, okay? Uh And one of the things about swingers, which is pretty much, uh, I I would say, accepted as uh, truth, uh, swingers love to drink. They love to be high uh, when they swing. And that is something we in the kink community, tend to frown on because our activity is a lot more than sex and its many variations. It's also a lot of other types of activities that can um, challenge safety. I think the number one reason why you don't want to play impaired is because the shit that we do is risky and you need a response time that is instant. You cannot have somebody start having a, um, a blood sugar meltdown and then be standing there wondering, well, what should I do about that? I guess I could move my left foot and then I'll move my right foot over to the bag. But you do not want to be impaired to such a degree that you cannot respond appropriately and instantly if, God forbid, somebody starts having a heart attack. Um is that a, you know, is that normally? No, not normally, but it could. And we want to be ready. We want to at least be able to make the best decision we can make in that moment. Um, so we don't play impaired. No, we don't. And again, uh, going back to the... Uh, um the um, connection between the uh, king community and the swing community um, right now at conventions and uh, events uh, that the swing community is um, uh, presenting or are presenting um, what you uh, what you want to say to somebody after they watch uh, a demo by some good kinksters um, is yeah we'd love to do that that would be a lot of fun but you guys have been drinking all day so maybe tomorrow yeah Okay, it's a nice way to say that, too. So, the the thing here is another thing here. Um, it's okay to be incompatible with somebody. 
And we have to acknowledge that that it's okay. It's okay that this isn't your best play partner. That they like, they want you to do something you don't do. Like they want me to do humiliation. I don't do humiliation. So it's okay that me and Bob are incompatible. Uh, you don't have to force a scene with somebody who wants different things. But sometimes when you have the doomy bottoms, the Dungeons disease doomy bottoms, they want play no matter what, all the time. Play, play, play. Doesn't matter. They'll do anything. Um, those are undesirable because they're just not safe players. That's it. That's it. And again, we emphasize safety. Yes. No question about it. The whole idea of communicating at the level that we communicate is to ensure safety. So and compatibility. What and compatibility, absolutely. So what happens if you agree to something and then you realize it's not for you? I mean, that would be a bad scene, right? Yes. How do you get out of that? Uh, as the top, we discussed it. Right. As the bottom, it's as simple as using your safe word. Right. And you don't, again, the, you don't have to say to the top, you're, you didn't do what I wanted. You didn't beat the crap out of me. You're a terrible mistress. You don't need to say that. You can just say for it and say, this isn't working out for me. Um, I wanted more that you're willing, than you're willing to give me. Um, I thought I would like that toy, but I hate it. Uh, I thought I would like figging. But I, it's it's horrible. I don't like it, you know. So it's so you have to have a certain level of self esteem that uh, allows you to use your safe word. And again, I'm going to tell you one of my mistakes. We don't blow smoke up your ass here and pretend like we've never made mistakes. I was invited to to take part in a team of co tops three of us and one bottom who wanted to be pegged by all three of us. Well, I don't do pegging except on my husband. Um, so I was going to have my strap on and the bottom was going to um, uh, suck on my dildo. So he was what I think they call that rotisserie. We have a, Do they? Oh, front, that's interesting. The front and the back. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting pegged in the front and the back. I, I think it. they call that a rotisserie. Yeah, I, I think know. so. Maybe. It could be wrong. Um, so I didn't realize who the play partner was. I should have asked who the bottom was. And it turned out the bottom was someone that I didn't want to play with. But I didn't find that out because I didn't communicate. There you go. I didn't find that out until, boom, right then and there. Scene's already started. And now I'm like, I didn't, I froze. And I said, no, I'll do it because I agreed to do it. And I felt like I had to do it. And I didn't want to disappoint anybody. Um, and then it, the scene turned out to be horrible horrible 
and I, I won't even go into it because it's really quite disgusting what happened. But um, I and then I, I further compounded it by we had to stop because we had a, this situation happened. We had to stop, and then we started back up again, and I had a second opportunity to say for it out, and I didn't because by that time I was already traumatized and was not incomplete. Uh, my faculties at that point. Um, so I had been hugely triggered by that time. So I understand how difficult it is to make these kinds of decisions. It and, really is. And, and safe word out of a bad scene. And we're concerned also because a lot of times the scene may be bad, but the person who is, uh, you know, uh, uh, your partner in the scene is somebody you really like. Or you really don't want to turn off. And you're afraid. Oh, if I say no, he'll never want to play with me yes. again. Or something along those lines. Um, and uh, the reality is, and I said this last month, uh, there are millions of people out there. If this one doesn't work for you, another <laughs> one will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Find the Absolutely. partner that will do the things that you want to yeah. do. Don't be forced yeah. into continuing a scene just because you feel that the person you're playing with will never want to play with you again if you stop it. Well, that's too bad if they feel that way. And then you're well rid of them. That's right. Absolutely. So it it means essentially to be brave enough, okay, to use that safe word. And don't do things you don't want to do. Yes. So in terms of thinking about things that you want to do and don't want to do, sometimes... Um, it helps to know what the different types of play are. So you might have something in your head, but you don't know what it's called. Um, so we just want to take a few minutes now to just give a very, very brief summary of some of the types of right play that you can engage with and the names so that you can, we're going to say like the name, and what it is, right. so that you can say, oh, yes, I saw that. I want to do that. Right. One of the best places to seeing this kind of stuff and uh, becoming familiar with it, of course, is a big event. Oh, yeah. Um, for example, something like Brimstone or Test Fest or whatever, because all of these things are going on. They may not all be going on in the same room, but generally speaking, there will be certain uh, classes demos, or activity rooms where you can observe it. The first one we want to talk about is medical play. In a big dungeon, uh, medical play will probably be um, uh, directed over to a certain area uh, within that space so that it maintains uh, its safety. And, and, and sanitary. And sanitary. It has to be safety because we know that the blood-borne diseases are out there. Every yes. minute of the day. And we want to do is take very good care. You will see people doing blood play, all different types of things. They will be um, uh, using knives. They will be using other types of uh, instruments, including needles. Scarification. Scarification. They will also be doing um, um, sewing of all things. And if you don't know what that is, oh, just hang around a dungeon and you'll see it. Actually, people will... Um, uh, I'll give you an example, a quick one. Uh, someone will be using needles and thread to perhaps sew the skin uh, together on a person's back or on a forearm 
or in the inside of a thigh, things along those lines. For some people, this is a tremendous turn-on. It is absolutely phenomenal. And there are people who specialize in what we call blood play. There are other people who don't want to know from it. Okay, It's always done in an environment that is sanitary and safe, and the dungeon monitors are always aware of it because, generally speaking, this fits underneath the... um, uh, description of edge play mm-hmm. and dungeon monitors in big dungeons or at a home dungeon are aware of what's going on and that's one of them they have How to know that about fisting fisting is another one that some people can handle and other people cannot fisting can be male on male male on female female on female female on male you name it there's every variation okay Uh, What exactly is it? Well, the idea being that um, um, insertion, the bigger the better, okay? (laughs) That essentially is the start of it. Where it ends is anybody's guess. But you generally have to know what you're doing for this, as you do everything else. But not only know what you're doing, the bottom has got to be very, very well prepared. There is never... In an activity like fisting, whether it's vaginal fisting or anal fisting, there is never anything called too much lube. Okay. Oh, yes. So you're going to see people doing fisting. It it can be very, very intense. And um, some people uh, have special equipment for it. Uh, They play in things called um, slings. Uh, Other people do not. Uh, it depends on the particular people involved in the scene on what is going on. There are some people who want to be watched while they are fisted. There are other people who do not. There are some people who want to be watched when they fist because it's a very intense experience. Now, that fisting only goes on in the medical area. That's usually the case. Because there's there could be fecal matter. That's right. There could be other bodily fluids that they want to keep contained the same way they want to keep blood play contained right. to a certain area. Um, how about something like um, interrogation? Interrogation is an interesting concept, and usually you will not find that in a big dungeon space. You usually find it in something that's a lot more... Um, should we say um, intimate, mm. intimate space? It can be one or more people. What is it? What is it? And you can have um, you can have two people, three people, four people, five people. It depends. What it is is just what it sounds like. Interrogation. What it is is good cop, good cop, bad cop, spy versus spy. Uh, it can be the um, it's a role play. Role play. It can actually come to be the outcome of a kidnapping, a role play kidnapping. And what it is is essentially a um, uh, a script, and the person who is the top in this particular scene follows a script and interrogates. Okay, for whatever particular. Uh, scenario is in their mind, okay? Sometimes it doesn't even have to be a scenario. It just depends. It can start out something very, very simple. For example, I'm going to have an interrogation with you. We're going to do an interrogation, but here's the, the general idea of it. I'm going to ask you what your name is. You're allowed to say your name, your address, and uh, what you do for a living. Nothing else can be answered except for this, I'm sorry I'm not prepared to answer that. Or I'm sorry I cannot answer that. And that 
That's your instruction. You know nothing else, okay? And now we start the scene. I bring you in, you're blindfolded, you are, um, uh, I suppose you're, 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 hand, you're cuffed, okay? Uh, up to me whether you are clothed or not clothed. I would prefer if you were clothed, okay? And I am also going to fit you with earphones. And the reason I'm going to do that is at some point or another, I'm going to play the kind of music that you absolutely hate because I'm going to try to get something out of you. Okay, mm -hmm. I want information from you. Torture. And I'm going to get it no matter what. And if that means playing Yanni at a high volume. Country music would do me in. in a Country music would do you in. Okay, thank you for that little piece of info. I'll put that in my In your Philodex? Yeah. And uh, the idea being that uh, the imagination can really take off. Now, there's guidelines for that like there is for anything else. It can be a tremendous and Guidelines amount of fun. and negotiation and... Tremendous amount of fun. Yes, consent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so, um, how about something like sensory deprivation? You might see sensory deprivation. Now, we see it all the time by having people blindfolded. But there is a lot more to sensory deprivation than being in a blindfold. For example, you may see people uh, who are in a rubber sack. And there's mm. a breathing tube. From uh, inside that sack <laughs> to the outside so that your victim can get breath. Now, this, again, is considered edge play, all right? right? And what you need to do is you need to alert whoever is in charge of things. If you are doing this in an environment where there is no one else around, you must have very, very strong safe words agreed upon ahead of time, if somebody is in a rubber sack or a latex sack, how do they communicate with you if something is going wrong? Figure it out ahead of time. Right. right. Okay? You need to go to see these kinds of things done before you do them yourself. Yes. You either need to see them as a demo or in a dungeon at a big event. And you might even want to get a mentor to show you what is being um, um, How you do it? Yeah, what wh what the what the crux of it is? Very very important. Here's another one too, and I wanted to mention also because a lot of people are into this or not into this, and uh, it can be a lot of fun. It's something that I enjoy, but the person who is my recipient has got to know, has got to rather agree to it, and that's got to be their thing. And that's humiliation. Um, it's a trigger for a lot of people. It's something they yes. don't want to do. Then there are other people who absolutely adore it and want it, okay? And they love being called names and being treated like a piece of garbage. And uh, whatever the case may be, um, and being made to do things that are uh, extremely embarrassing. Uh, whatever, whatever terms you want, as it were. Again, this is another situation where um, communication and good negotiation is called for because you don't want to go too far okay if you know somebody really really well mm -hmm. right, and you've been playing with them for a long time you know exactly how far you can go yeah okay before and you can push the limits hear the phrase push my limits okay that's what that means go farther than you've gone before but you're still going to have to check in with that bottom right. because you may go too far and then you've turned everybody off and you push them 
you push them too far, okay? So yeah. again, this is a negotiation thing. In other words, how far can we go? I'm going to go really far. I'm going to go wherever the hell I feel like it. But if you absolutely cannot stand it, I want to see you drop your signal from your left hand. Yep. In other words, you're holding a red handkerchief or something along those lines. Or their underwear. Or your, whatever it happens to be, okay? <laughs> so that's that's another one. Um, there's another one that, that um, uh, if I may continue, there's another one that I think a lot of people um, either love or hate. And uh, it depends very much on, uh, again, what your triggers are. If you don't have triggers on this and you find this to be a turn-on, well, go ahead. And that's littles, L-I-T-T-L-E-S, littles, meaning um, adults who want to uh, act out, again, this is role play, act out the role of a child within the scene. Okay, this means they dress like kids, uh, babies, or they dress like little girls or little boys, and they come and they want to color and they want to go to a little little girl or a little boy tea party, or they want to uh, carry around their stuffed animals and their pajamas throughout the entire event. Now that's the beginning of it. There's a lot involved in it because when you go to littles and then you think about edge play, now you're talking about wearing diapers. Okay, and either peeing in your pants or defecating in your pants. Now, this is something that has got to be agreed upon way in advance, oh, folks. Yes, this is you not don't something, that out. All right, this is not something we do off the cuff. Yeah, you don't okay? work that out. This needs negotiation. All right, now I've had friends who are into the little scene and they're just absolutely adorable. Um, they speak as if a six year they were a six year old. They dress as if they were a six year old, and it's really really cute. I have a problem with it. However, this is me personally again. I have a problem, however, with this when we bring it into the realm of the public, and by that I mean dressing up your submissive, okay, mm. as a baby, and then walking down Fifth Avenue is not something I want to do. Okay, it's right. the same concept as we discussed last right. month. But you will see a lot of it going on anyway mm. because there are a lot of cross-dressing babies out there. And you'll see a lot of men dressed up uh, as little girls, okay? Um, and it's up to you whether or not, you know, you want to do this. I don't particularly care for it. And it also depends on your environment. If you go to Provincetown in August when they have this humongous group of um, uh, alternative lifestyle players, you're going to see a lot of it, and it's perfectly fine because it's acceptable to do it there within that, okay? And I said to a friend one time who is a wonderful um, little girl, whoa, those dresses, he must, he must pay like three $400 a dress. It's just adorable. Um, he said to me, and the wig and the little bows and the hair and the jewelry and the makeup, he said to me that when he's around children like this, like in a public place in Provincetown, Little girls come up to them and he go come up to him and go bonkers because they think he's a doll, mm. a big doll. So what you have to do is you have to look at your space and you have to consider what is appropriate. Right. And right. are you one of those people who will not uh, play in an environment where people have not given consent? In other words, in the public, or are you one of those people who say, "I don't give a damn. I'm going to walk around like this. I don't care. It's just who I am, and that's what I'm going to do." you got to think about it. Okay, that's one of them. I have one yeah. that is a favorite of mine. Uh, it's called Pony Play. Pony Play? Is it really a, a play of one of it's, yours? It, it's, it's a mixed bag. 
I love pony play. I love looking at it. I love looking at it. I have several butt plugs that have tails. The problem is um, a true pony girl or pony boy, there is a bridle and a bit that attaches to the um, leash. No, I, don't, I can't remember what it's called, but the... There's a whole bunch of parts in a, co- a in the reins. The um, reins. The That's reins. What, right. The rider or the trainer holds the reins. Um, and that to me is so unbelievably sexy. I fell in love with it when I was reading Anne Rice's The Beauty series. Yeah. That's where I fell in love with it originally. That's where I was introduced when I read those books. Um, I can't have anything. One of my hard limits is I can't have anything covering my face. I can't have anything touching my face. I can wear a blindfold, but I can't have anything that obscures my breathing in any way, shape, or form. That's just a leftover trauma from my childhood. So that, to me, is a trigger and a hard limit. Right. So I can't fulfill my pony girl dreams. Um, so what? what is pony? Meanwhile, you... Dress up and you look like a horse. You really you have do. the mane. You have Absolutely. the bit. They have stables. It's and remarkable. Some of the bigger events. Yeah. They have actual stables. I will never forget. Let me give an example of this. I will never forget the first Black Rose I went to. This was probably in 1998 or 97. Yes. And it was absolutely remarkable when I walked into the dungeon, and this was huge. I mean, it was the size of a of a. Oh goodness! I think it was like the size of a. Uh, an airplane hanger. So we were in there, and I heard hooves. And I said, what's going on? And just as I turned my head, out of nowhere came this unbelievable visual, a carriage, a horse-driven carriage, four ponies pulling a carriage with a woman who I subsequently got to know very well riding and handling the reins on this carriage. She was dressed up like Scarlett O'Hara. And the four ponies, there were two men and two women ponies, dressed just like they were ponies, except they were upright on two feet as opposed to four. And they came through that dungeon. I was mesmerized. I mean, no, I, was yes. I saw. Amazed. I saw that. It was remarkable. Yes. Absolutely remarkable. Never saw it again. Never right. saw it to like again. Right. It, it was, was stunning, stunningly, and gorgeous, yeah. and just jaw dropping. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they had arranged this ahead of time to come through the dungeon. And they had done this before. And they had done it before. <laughs> there are several varieties of pony <laughs> play. Anybody can be a pony and just wear a pony tail. And we're not talking about the top of your head. But in any event, uh, you can do it moderately, or you can go full full blast you can be a uh four legged pony or you can be an upright pony one of my dear friends was an upright pony and would take people uh on his shoulders and uh it was quite amazing we would go to events uh like test fest and other things and actually have a pony show and uh they were very very popular there were a couple of people in the northeast who were exceptional and very, very much into this particular scene. And boy, oh boy, talk about role play. Animal play is very interesting. And so you have the people like the ponies, which is absolutely fascinating. Again, if you go to a big event, it will probably be a pony show. But there are also puppy 
shows or other animal shows. And as uh, you said, ML, uh, a big event will even have a, uh, a farm type of an atmosphere with a shed or two, one for puppies, another one, uh, a stable for the horses and things along those lines. And people stay in role for the entire yes. weekend. Which and is fascinating. Absolutely. And there are training classes and there are shows and they award ribbons and it's really phenomenal. What great role play. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Now, all these different types of play are wonderful and we hope that we've given you some ideas of things that you might want to research or, or seek out. What about um, playing not just with others, but co-topping? Meaning you have one bottom or two bottoms and two tops. And it's not one bottom plays with one top and one bottom plays with one top and and never the twain shall meet. It's two tops with a bottom or two tops that play equally with both bottoms and both tops play equally with both bottoms. Let's just take a few minutes now to discuss how, how does that work because if we're all about the negotiation and consent and and now there's two tops how do you decide who does what and well i've already agreed Uh, i've already got an agreement from my bottom that he is going to be acceptable um to um to this particular he's going to accept what's going to happen in this scene with 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 two tops and he thinks it's a great idea so what essentially you're going to have to do is you're going to have to negotiate with your co-top. For example, ML, ML, I have a boy who is just dying to be co-topped. And um, you and I have played together before, and I have a feeling we're on the same page. So um, would you be willing to um, to uh, uh, join me in this scene? Oh, absolutely. Terrific. Absolutely. What, what, what do you like to do? And then I'll tell you what I like to do and what I won't do. What okay. I don't like to do. Well, one of the things that I want to do is I want to cuff him. I want to put a hood uh, on uh, on him. And um, uh, after some foreplay, as it were, I'm going to peg him. Um, and uh, he loves uh, uh, to be uh, humiliated. He's really um, just a real humili- humiliation pig. But he's not into pain. Mm. Okay. His thing is being used, all right? That's his major league thing. So I'm thinking that, um, I know you're not into the pegging thing, but I am. So I'm thinking that's what I can do, okay? what Would you be willing? I also have a strap on. Do you? I do. I knew that. <laughs> with a with a very nice dildo. Okay. He could be used in both orifices. Oh, wonderful. Is that something? Then we would go to your boy and say, you know, ML has a strap-on. Terrific. A very big dildo. Do you think you could handle a dildo in your mouth and your butt? Like, and then he'll say, duh, of course. <laughs> of course. Because I know him. Um, uh-huh. So that was something I was able to do. I don't peg other people. But I was able to provide a service. And as you recall in that particular scene, uh, in addition to um, pegging his mouth, 
I was masturbating in front of him. I was teasing him. You were making him crazy, as they say. (laughs) I was teasing him with my body and and, um, not letting him have. Uh, my breasts, yes. not letting him have, and yet I'm shaking them in front of him and right. showing him my sex. And, and of course, I was uh, using the humiliation thing by telling him he wasn't worthy of it. Yes. He was lucky he was even able to see it. In fact, let I'm going to blindfold him. He shouldn't even be able to see it because he's not worthy of that either. But in any event, yes. we will communicate, communicate with each other and we communicated with the bottom. Here's where it can go a little wrong. Um, you, It's okay to have both tops that want to beat the crap out of him, but you can't do it at the same time uh, unless it's prearranged. I'll smack the right butt, you smack the left butt. You don't come over and smack the left butt while I'm spanking the left butt because I might hit the paddle on your hand. I might injure you because we are at the same place at the same time and one of us is going to get hurt. And you're at the front, okay? You're handling the front. So it's kind of like um, agreed upon that you're going to check his breathing and make sure because he's either going to have a blindfold or a hood on. So we want to make sure the poor boy can breathe while he is being excited to and and I wow. can check in on him and I can do all those things that you can't do from the back. Right. If you were alone, you would be moving positions, you would be right. or I wouldn't use that equipment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, And that's a co topping scene. We yes. agree ahead of time. Yes. Not just with the bottom, but we negotiate with ourselves what we are willing to do. Right. Okay. And not willing to do. And not willing to do. Now, I don't have a problem with you humiliating him. Right. If I did, I would say to you, I, I can't even be a party of it. I can't even watch it. I can't so I would change. It. I would change my approach. I would yes. call him a good boy for taking, <laughs> because we're playing with you. Right. And I would call him a good boy for taking what it is we're giving him from right. both ends, because. He is a very good boy to put up with it, right? Yeah. Yes, he is. And in fact, I can make him even beg for more because he's such a good boy and we want to reward him by giving him more. All right. So in other words, negotiation, communication. We emphasized this last month. We're emphasizing it again. This is where it's at. Without communication, we don't have a stand. Now, let's take a moment now and discuss pickup play. Ah. Because if you don't have any play partners, it's always pick-up play. If you are new, it's going to be pick-up play. Gotcha. It's going to be because you're new and you don't have any established play partners. So how do you get established play partners? Well, you start with what we call pick-up play. And one of the good things about pick-up play is it's being done in uh, public, either in, in the home dungeon or in an event. And if this person is really bad news and there's a problem, it can stop in yes. public. You're not going to be held hostage under gunpoint someplace. Well, unless that's your thing. But in any event... <laughs> and that's negotiating. Yeah. But the idea being that there is nothing safer than playing in public. Yes, absolutely. If we can emphasize one thing, 
with with uh, uh, pickup play, it's so much safer to do that. Yes. Okay. Or to have an, an engagement at a, an event than it is to do something like this alone. So in a hotel room. Obviously, pickup play can go awesome, very well, or pickup play can be. Awful, awful, awful. Feel free to cut it short. You always negotiate yes. that safe word. Okay? Yes. Always, always, always. All yep. right? Yeah. And so the the pickup play, I had a, uh, I went to Naughty Noel with my lovely co-host here. And uh, it was very well attended. It was awesome. And I did pickup play in the dungeon with Goddess. Gemini. Mm. Oh my God. I still masturbate to that. Uh-huh. To that scene. See, it can be fabulous. It can be wonderful. And we spent a good 20 minutes negotiating it. There you go. A good 20 minutes mm-hmm. negotiating the scene. Because it was, it was amazing. Um, so it is entirely possible to have great pickup play in the dungeon. But let's look at the other side of that coin. It's okay to stop a bad scene, and it's okay to have bad scenes. You have to acknowledge that it's okay to have bad scenes. A bad scene gives you valuable information. Okay, I don't like humiliation. That's that's good information to know. Okay, I don't like flogging. Good information. So now I, someone says to me, I want to flog you. Mm-mm, no can do. I don't like flogging. That's good information. They said, well, I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. I have to be, I have to, everybody has to be my friend or has to be right with every scene. I said, it reminds me of Edison and the invention of the light bulb. Uh, one, How so? He was being interviewed, and the interviewer said to him, um, you failed 217 times before you invented the light bulb, or however many times, 217, but... He goes, I didn't fail 217 times. I just figured out 17, uh, 217 ways that it didn't work. It's never a failure. Gotcha. You know, a bad scene is never a failure. It gives you information. It teach, maybe teaches you a lesson. I should have communicated better. I should have stood my ground and said I'm not doing that. I should have um, safe-worded out when I didn't, and I should have. Next time, I'll I'll remember to safe-word out if it's a bad scene. One of the things that you can do also do with pickup play is you can let the dungeon monitor know that you're playing with this person for the first time and you just met today. And uh, when they walk around the dungeon, just, uh, you know, glance over and see what it is we're up to. Uh, I think everything will go fine. I have a safe word. He uh, has a safe word, too. Um, But if you wouldn't mind, that would just make me feel a little bit more secure. And that is a a doable thing. You can also set up a safe signal with with a a particular dungeon monitor. If it's a smaller event, um, you can set up a, a safe signal. That if things become heated, if your bottom becomes heated, um, you can signal the DM to come over. There you go. You can do something like 
drop your hat or some signal that, that if the DM comes over and sees your hat's on the ground, um, he doesn't necessarily have to see you drop it, but if he sees it on the ground, he knows to come over un unasked for. Uh, in case, just in case you are afraid of this, the bottom. The right. bottom is doing something right. erratic. Right. Um, so, worst case scenario, that's me. I'm the worst case scenario girl. Plan for the worst and hope for the best. Right. Um, right. Let's talk about um, consent violations. Ah. Because that is is a quick way to have a horrible scene. Right. It really is. It really is. And most of the uh, uh, events, in fact, I would say all of the events these days, um, and the ones that are be coming up shortly, um, boy, do we need some events or not, right? Yeah. Um, essentially, what it comes down to is that you're going to see in the rules of the dungeon or in the booklet or, you know, whatever else is in your bag of stash that you get from the event, that if there are um, uh, consent violations, they should be reported to. And generally speaking, nowadays, we do have um, people at these events who are um, I, I don't want to say that they're uh, arbiters. They're not. But what they are are uh, people who are trained. Uh, generally speaking, they're either uh, social workers or psychologists or whatever, and they volunteer for this position to take uh, into account anybody reporting a consent violation. What is a consent violation? It's anything that's happening to you that you have not consented to. We've talked about this in prior podcasts and uh there, there's a tremendous amount of talk yet to be done. It's a big topic. It's a big issue. And it happens all the time, even with people um, who have been very much active in the scene for years and years and years. Essentially, again, it's something that's happening that you don't want to have happen. That's a consent violation. And generally speaking, that's your body, okay? Or in your face. Specifically, if you say red and they don't stop. Immediately, or someone touches you. That's that's a that consent. you have not agreed to. Yes, yeah, someone outside of the scene comes over and and starts spanking you, or someone from outside the scene comes over and puts his finger in your sex, or your top puts his finger or his dick in your sex, or if somebody comes and you're sitting down. Uh, either in the dungeon or in one of the social spaces, you're sitting down and this person comes over to you and says things to you, which is harassment. Right. And you know harassment when you hear it. Right. Okay. So those consent violations, you can report them to the DM. Uh, some of the bigger events have a mediation team. That's right. And mediation means... Uh, if you have these consent violations, it's an arbiter. It is the that's their specific job, is to mediate or resolve these consent violations. Right. Um, as two kinking women, we're starting to uh, promote the podcast at events and um, teach classes on these very topics. And there's always a section in the application. Do you have any consent violations against you? So they take, these events take these things very, very serious. Like serious is a heart attack, they say. Absolutely. Essentially, you never touch anyone without their permission. Consent. This is not a swinger event where people no. just go up to everybody and boom. That's not what you're there for. 
okay? It's touching anybody, doing anything without their permission. That's a consent violation. Okay, let's take a few minutes now to sum up our key points uh, as we close out another episode. So we want to just uh, be aware of our communication skills. How much are we communicating? What uh, uh, Don't agree to activities you know you don't like to do to please someone else or to get them to play with you. It's okay to be incompatible with people. It really is okay. It frees up the space for you to find someone you are compatible with. As a top and a bottom, we can both safe word out of a scene if it's not working for us, if the play is not what we thought it was, or we have a medical situation or feeling, so we're not feeling well. It's certainly acceptable as tops and bottoms to safe word out. We discussed many of the different types of play that people may not have heard of or knew what was involved. We discussed negotiating with co-tops requires a little more conversation because there's just more mechanics. Uh, So that was important. Uh, Pickup play can be awesome and it could be maybe not so awesome. And it's okay to have both. Um, There was one other thing that I'm just going to take a moment now is to discuss we forgot was aftercare. (laughs) So basically, what does that mean in the few minutes that we have left? Aftercare is the... You took that person on a journey through that scene. Um, They will need some loving, as I call it, some special loving, some to take them from uh, a blubbering puddle of emotions and endorphins and highs and lows and blood sugar and you want to bring them back up to a semi-functioning human being uh, so what does that entail a little water maybe a, snack, a nice little snack a blanket a, blankie. a little bit of uh, cuddle time right. hold them you know rub their shoulders just check in with them how you make feeling? sure that they're right. returning to um some semblance of, you know, ability to function. You might even, and I've had this done, it's very nice, you might even check in with them a couple of hours later. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I gave you a real spanking. How's your butt? You know, we, we, we did this caning. How's your butt? You know. So we just wanted to... It's really, it's, it's just being a nice, nice a person. It's like not... You don't want to do what so many people are familiar with after sex, which is somebody just turns over and goes to sleep. We don't want to do that. Right. We want to check in with the we person care. and make sure they're okay. Yeah. It's a very intense thing, particularly if you're not all that experienced. It's very intense. Look what you've just done in a dungeon with all these people walking around and everything else. Oh, my God. You've been so vulnerable. You put yourself out there. You were naked. You were this. You were that. And it's like, oh. We just want to respect and care for our bottoms. That's right. Um, and as a top, you might need some aftercare, too. Yeah, it's very intense. You know, you need to get something to eat or take a moment to to re, you know, access and, and get yeah. yourself back into the yeah. right frame of mind. Yeah. So tell us, where can people find us? 
Oh, this was a very intense conversation. Yes. And actually, this is the kind of conversation that makes me want to run out and play. How can people, <laughs> how can our listeners find us? Well, any questions, any comments, you got to email us at tkw at twokinkywomen.com. You can sign up for our email newsletter and get your free downloadable beginner's guide to kink. Um, every time uh, we do a podcast, which is once a month, um, we will download a, uh, a free, well, we'll make available, I should say, a free infographic, which is available pertaining to our subject of the month. And we have a new feature, which is Mistress's Diary. <laughs> I bet you'd like to read that. Oh, yes, without a doubt. You can find, find us, like I said before, at our homepage, twokinkywomenpodcast.com. So come read the library, download the, read the diary rather, uh, download the free infographic and uh, you can, enjoy. Yes. And you can also find us on Instagram, Instagram, Pinterest, Pinterest. and Twitter. Wow. So we are out We're all there. over the place. We are. And we're getting to be even more out all over <laughs> the place because let's face it. If there's going to be an event or something's going on, we're going to be there because That's we it. are two kinky women. And we want you to be kinky, too. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.